With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fector, and I will be your host today on the show. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, consistent listeners, new listeners, I appreciate. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, I do want to make one apology. Jared from Pirate Strong will not be with us again today. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get him on for week five next week. But uh, we didn't do this last week, but we've done this previous weeks. Uh, we're going to do our weekly awards. I like doing this. Uh, if you follow my Instagram page on Bucks Dugout, you know I do this on a monthly basis. <coughs> Excuse me. But I like to do this on a weekly basis as well. So let's start with our player of the week. I'm going to give it to Jordy Mercer. He's batting 368, 7 for 19. Even though he has, doesn't have any home runs or RBIs, he just puts up consistent at-bats. And from watching him on a daily basis this week, you can tell that he has had a fantastic week, and hopefully he keeps it going. Our pitcher of the week goes to Edgar Santana. He's pitched in three games, went three and two-thirds innings. He did blow a save opportunity last night, but that's not what is important because we still won. Uh, he's given up four hits, one earned run, walking nobody, striking out four. That's a 2.45 ERA and a 1.09 whip. He also wins our rookie of the week. And Edgar Santana has truly been one of the most pleasant surprises of the season this year for the Pirates. And that back end of the bullpen, you have Santana, Crick, and uh, Vasquez. We have them locked up till 2023. Very exciting stuff. And then you can throw Rich Rod into that equation, too, as a young, exciting uh, bullpen arm. And our gold club of the week uh, also goes to Jordy Mercer. He had 22 chances, 16 assists, six putouts. Was part of three double plays. Note, Jordy, he's always steady at shortstop. He's had to win one of our uh, monthly gold glove awards. Um, but we'll see. He might win it uh, for the month of July because those awards will be coming out after the uh, the Cubs game on Monday, I believe. Yeah, but so those are uh, our awards for the week. Um, if you want to make your comment on who you think should win our awards. You can call in at 845-277-9345. That's 845-277-9345. So, again, those are our weekly awards, uh, something that I like doing and something that we will continue to be doing. Now, we're just going to do a little bit of a week interview, and we're going to be talking about how this team is back in the hunt. And listen. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they have put themselves back in the hunt for a playoff spot, winning 11 of their last 13 games. And what a stretch the Pirates have been on, really, over the last two weeks. The Bucks finished uh, the first half off strong this year's when the Washington Nationals had a rare five-game sweep over uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. They built on that success over this last week, sweeping the Cincinnati Reds and taking two of three from the Cleveland Indians, the team that currently leads the American League Central. Over the course of the last two weeks, the Pirates built an 11-game winning streak 
getting over 500 for the first time in months. The streak was broken Wednesday with a 4-0 loss to Cleveland, and the Bucks are going to put another winning streak together Thursday, following 12-6 in Game 1 of a four-game set with the New York Mets. Despite the two straight losses, and we did win last night, the Bucks have won 11 of their last 13 games dating back to July 11th. They are now sitting in third place in the NL Central at 54-51, trailing first place Chicago Cubs by seven games. However, they're three games back of the second wild Aside from extending their lengthy streak and seeing it end, there were plenty of impressive performances and intriguing storylines this week. So we're going to give you a review of some of the top storylines from the week that Pirates baseball. So our first headline, uh, injuries to Martin Dickerson provide some big blows. So over the course of the Pirates winning streak, starting Marte and Corey Dickerson, stood out as two of the stars for a Pirates offense that scored 73 runs over the 11 games. So it's no coincidence that the Pirates lost two in a row with those two out of the lineup due to injuries. We did win last night, though. So Marte, he started the final game of the series in Cleveland Wednesday before leaving following the first inning after being struck in the hand by a Trevor Bauer pitch. Marte initially stayed in the game following the hit-by-pitch was replaced after being caught to deal second base. The Pirates outfitter missed the series opener against New York Thursday, and he was out also yesterday, and it looks as if he is still considered day-to-day with left-hand discomfort. Dickerson has missed the last three games after leaving the second game of the Indian series with left hamstring discomfort. Like Marte, Dickerson is also considered day-to-day. So in the last seven games, Marte has been a force at the day. With three home runs and 11 RBIs. He is currently riding a 17 game hitting streak, which didn't end Wednesday due to the fact that he did not have an official at bat. The hitting streak started with a pair of pits on the 4th of July. Over the course of his streak, Mark had multi hit games and raised his average from 265 to 292. Dickerson has all made an impact over the last seven games while his power has finally emerged. He's hitting 419 with five home runs and nine RBIs over his last seven contests and has at least one hit in each of his last six. During that modest six-game hitting streak, Dickerson has five multi-hit games, including a four-for-five performance against the Reds on Sunday. So big blows, but hopefully we'll be getting them back in the lineup shortly. So let's talk about some stellar starting performances. And this week, the Pirates had stellar pitching performances from each of their starting pitchers. So Jameson Tyons, he had a pair of outings this week against the Reds and Indians, going 1-1 one one with a 2.19 ERA in the two outings. Tyons struck out 11 and walked 2 while giving up 3 runs on 13 hits in 12 and a third innings. Tyon has really bounced back over the last two months following a less-than-ideal start to the season, and he just continued to roll this week. Nick Kingham also started a pair of games this week, pitching Saturday against the Reds and Thursday against the Mets. The young right-hander allowed two runs on four hits in six and a third solid innings last weekend, but struggled against the Mets, allowing six runs on seven hits in just three innings. Trevor Williams and Joe Musgrove each went six-plus innings in their lone starts this week. 
Williams threw six shutout frames against the Indians Monday, while Musgrove uh, allowed two runs and starts against the Indians. Uh, and Nova pitched last night. He's been excellent. Um, so with really the exception of King's rough outing Thursday, Pirate stars were exceptional this past week. They've given the team a chance to win each time out and made it easier for the Red Hot offense to do its thing. Let's talk a little bit about Elias Diaz and him continuing to produce. So, you know, with Francisco Cervais' lingering concussion issue, issues, uh, Elias Diaz has continued to take full advantage of the opportunity to start behind the plate. While members of the Pirates' outfield have led the way offensively for the Pirates over the last few weeks, others have also come up big over that span. Josh Bell, Jordy Mercer, and Diaz are three examples as each hit over 300 in the last week. Diaz is hitting 304, that's 7 for 23, in five starts over the last seven days, and is still hitting 286 on the year with seven home runs and 25 RBIs. Though Cervelli's back from the disabled list and will likely get his fair share of starts behind the plate, Diaz has proven capable of being able to take the load off the injury-prone backstop when necessary. And has just been a fantastic replacement for Elliot, for Francisco Cervelli. Uh, the only issue that really ever pops up when Francisco Cervelli is hurt, it seems, is when Jacob Stallings is forced to start because Elias Diaz can't start every game. But overall, he's been fantastic. I love what he's been doing. Um, and, you know, if Francisco Cervelli's concussion issues linger, I mean, concussions can end players' careers. Um, Elias Diaz is there. He is able to be the catcher of the future. He has proven capable of what he's been able to do at that spot, and I absolutely love him as a Pittsburgh Pirate. He has shown power this year. He has shown excellent defensive skills, driving in runs, doing it all. Elias Diaz has been fantastic, and the Pirates are lucky to have a backup catcher as such. We have the two best. We have the best catching tandem, I believe, in the league and Cervelli and Diaz. We truly do. So with the trade deadline coming up in this episode before the deadline, I want to talk a little about a player that I'm really interested in the Pirates acquiring. So we're going to talk a little about is Sonny Gray, is he realistic or is he a pipe dream for the Pirates? Right. And as we enter closer and closer to Major League Baseball's non-waiver trade deadline on Tuesday, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they've been popping up across the river mill. So the general consensus across the board is that the Bucks are going to buy this year thanks to the 11-game winning streak that put them at least into talks of playoff contention. While Texas Rangers closer Keon Keela, his name has been linked to Pittsburgh, fans have been clamoring to pick up another front-end starting pitcher, and understandably so. So the Pirates rotation has been solid the last few weeks, but peripherals say that will change, and probably soon. So Neil Huntington should go out and get a guy to compliment Jameson Tyen. Look at a guy like Sonny Gray. He was shipped to the New York Yankees from Oakland last, at last year's trade deadline. Let's just say that things haven't gone as planned for the Yankees. As going over this segment, uh, preparing this morning. Gray was hit in the thumb by a comebacker during his start against the Kansas City Royals. He was set to undergo precautionary x-rays last night. So, 
listen to this with the intent that he will be good to go for his next start. And listen, New York isn't for everyone. And after 30 starts for the Yankees, Gray has accumulated a 4.69 ERA with a 4.60 FIP. And those would be higher if he had fewer road starts. One positive is that his strikeout numbers have increased from his Oakland days. As an athletic, he had a 7.7K per nine, where as in New York, he is at 8.4 strikeouts per nine. However, his walk and home run totals have also gone up as well. The latter is playing in Yankee Stadium. Of the 12 home runs he has allowed this year, nine have come at Yankee Stadium. In 2018 alone, his overall numbers at home, um, you know, have, are downright atrocious. When the Yankees play in the Bronx, Gray holds a 7.6 ERA over 41 and a third innings, not to mention his strikeout-to-walk ratio is 31 to 26. When it comes to the nitty-gritty of playoff time, the Yankees are going to be looking for much, much more than that. A few days ago, John Heyman of FanCred reported that the Yankees were looking to add to the rotation, not deplete it. They did just that by acquiring J.A. Happ yet, two days ago, from the Toronto Blue Jays. So one has to wonder if the New York Brass is as fed up with Gray as the fan base is. Most likely they are, but could we see them push through the struggles? So John Heyman had a tweet um, on July 22nd. Uh, so he said there's said to be a bit of interest in Sonny Gray in the trade, as there are folks who believe he'd do better in another market. But Yank's main interest is in adding to rotation, not subtracting from it. So what would the Yankees, what would they want in return? So while Gray's been awful in New York, one can't forget that he did finish third in Cy Young voting in 2015. Fortunately for the Pirates, his history is very little say in what he's worth today. The Yankees gave Oakland a nice group of prospects last year, including a former first-round pick who hasn't pitched since 2016 after requiring Tommy John surgery. However, Gray's market has most likely dropped substantially due to his performance. He does, however, still have one year of control through arbitration before becoming a free agent in 2020. So that is going to bring up his trade value a little bit. But not exactly the control the Pirates will be looking for, but he is more than just a half-year rental. So first off, the Yanks may not end up needing a starting pitcher in return. They house Justice Sheffield and Triple H Granton, Barry. Sheffield is currently one prospect in 20th in MLB, according to MLB.com. They did, however, just trade their utility man, Brandon Drury, to the Blue Jays in the half deal. That leads me to think the Yankees would be looking for a veteran bench bat that can play infield and outfield. And boy, doesn't Josh Harrison fit that bill. Harrison hasn't had the greatest 2018, including missing several weeks with a broken hand. In fact, over his last 25 games played, he's just lashing. He has a 198 average, a 229 OBP, and a 297 for Harrison. He has two home runs and nine RBIs over that span. So swapping places would entirely different opportunities for both players. Gray could relax in a smaller, less intense market. Harrison could go back to what got him to the majors, playing all over the field and coming off the bench as a pinch hitter. He's a fan favorite in Pittsburgh, but people need to learn to let go. 
Plus, you'd have a better chance to chase a World Series ring, something they mentioned in his trade request in February. Also, just to mention it, Aaron Judge got hit in the hand last night and is out for at least three weeks. So the question is, is Corey Dickerson too much for a struggling gray? Either of these moves would also allow the Pirates to call prospects Austin Meadows, Kevin Newman, or Kevin Kramer to be an everyday player. Both Newman and Kramer are having great seasons in AAA Indianapolis, and obviously Meadows has already spent time in Pittsburgh. Neither of these options are bad in my opinion. This could all be a long shot. It probably is, you know. But when you dive into it, it's honestly not as crazy as you might think. So, want to see the Pirates do in this situation. Get Sonny Gray. He's out there. He's available. Give the Yankees Josh Harrison. Okay? Look, as I said, he's a fan favorite. People in Pittsburgh love him. I was just at Faith Night last night at PNC Park. I'll listen to him talk. He's a great guy. I love him as a guy, but ultimately this comes down to a baseball decision and making the best decision for the Pirates to make a playoff run. The rotation has been fantastic for the Pirates lately, right? There's no question in that besides Nick Kingham's rough outing. And Chad Cole hopefully will be coming back at some point this season. And we do have a guy like Clay Holmes in AAA who can come in and be a serviceable starter if necessary. And we do have a guy, Stephen Brault, out there who has started this year. And we do have Tyler Glass now, who, if necessary, can make a start. So we have starting pitchers. We have depth. But we want a potential top-of-the-line starter that's going to help us make it to the playoffs. And then once we get into the playoffs, be a starting pitcher. That is what we want. That is the goal. In a series, let's say against the uh, who would we play? If we won, if we made it the wild card game, we'd probably end up playing the Cubs. So let's say we have a series against the Cubs. We're gonna run out Jameson Ty in game one. Who are we gonna run out game two? Musgrove, Williams. I do feel much more comfortable running out Sonny Gray than I would any of those guys. We have a caller that I'd like to get on. Uh, here, talk a little bit about the Sunny Gray trade. So let's bring him on and see how he's doing. Welcome to Bucko Booth. How you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, yeah, I got I got a uh, a theory here. I don't know if Jay Hay is the best option to move. Um, I know you brought up Dickerson, and that honestly scares me um, because the value isn't even close. Um, Dickerson's hitting 318 on the season. As you mentioned, he was hitting, what was it, almost 500 over that five, six-game stretch. Um, we need to keep Dickerson. I, I, I believe he's signed through 2019. I don't know if that's true. Um, but I think maybe Jay Hay would be the option for Gray if we're going that way. But don't you think we should be focusing more on our bullpen than the starting pitching situation? Uh, yeah. So the Pirates obviously have been linked to uh, Keon Keela from the uh, Texas Rangers. Right, right, uh, right. He's a big link uh, so far. Uh, but the bullpen, the back end at least, has been very strong with uh, Santana, Crick, and Vasquez. Uh, I do think Jay Hay is a little bit much 
for Sonny Gray, mm-hmm. but the Yankees are going to ask for a player that's going to help mm-hmm. them win a World Series. They're not going to ask for you a guy Jay like Do you think Jay would Kevin be that Newman. player? Who? Would Jay Hay be that player for them? I think he would be at this point because a player like Jay Hay who can come off the bench, uh, play everywhere and be a solid pinch hitter is very valuable for a team like the Yankees. So would Newman be ready to be called up? That's the main question. Will we be having a gap there? And same thing with Jordy. What do you do with Jordy at this point? I'd say we uh, keep Jordy. He's been producing excellently over the past week, uh, batting 368. Uh, so I think at second base right now, if you do trade Harrison, we should plug in Adam Frazier there and probably call up – I personally believe they'd call up Max Moroff at that point, uh, still give Kramer and Newman time, um, maybe a September call for them. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't. Neil Huntington isn't the type of guy – that would call up a Newman or Kramer over a Max Moroff to me. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. That's the tough question, especially if, if you plug in Frazier. I personally like Frazier, but I know the fan base doesn't, at least, you know, most of it. So I, I, I don't know how that would resonate. I mean, I know that so many great people will look at his numbers and say, oh, my gosh, why are we doing that for Harrison? But I don't know. I don't know if, if he'll make that type of move. It, it, it always seems like he's trying to ship – Jay Hay, even over the offseason, he was trying to ship Jay Hay. So I, I do think he'll be gone. I think they'll re-sign Jordy um, maybe at the end of the season because Jordy's, Jordy's been in the team longer than any other Pirate right now. So um, I'd love to see Jordy stay around too. So we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. So it'll be exciting Definitely. to see what uh, happens on, before Tuesday. So hopefully we'll yeah. add right. and not subtract. Yeah, hopefully. All right, man. Thanks for taking my call. All right, thanks for calling. Okay, so great call. Um, love getting callers uh, to uh, tell us how we're doing. Um, you know. uh, so I do want to move a little bit on here uh, off the Sunny Gray talk. Um, and I do want to do a little bit of talking about Kevin Newman. Um, and, you know, he's knocking at the door to the top level of the minor leagues. Matt Duffy is a contact-oriented player that lacks power. And the Pittsburgh Pirates need a middle infield upgrade. We're going to be talking about how all three are intertwined. So the Pittsburgh Pirates, they made Kevin Newman their first-round pick in 2015 as Newman fit with the direction the club was looking to go with uh, the offensive profile. The former Arizona shortstop hit two career home runs as a Wildcat and posted a 421 21 slugging percentage with a 337 average. Newman's slugging was boosted from the high contact ability. So at the time of the draft, uh, MLB Pipeline gave Newman 60 hit tool and a 20 power tool. In other words, a high contact who hit for a high average with no power, and he only has the average speed 50 with the contact profile. That makes his ceiling a little bit lower. Fast forward three years, and the tools are a 55 hit. 30 power, and a 55 speed. A little less hit tool, but still a high-contact player who should hit for a good average, very little power, and a little bit better than average speed. So the hit grade and power grade can be seen in his minor league numbers at all the levels. So in uh, A-ball, 
Uh, he played 23 games there, uh, had 110 play appearances. He batted 306, uh, got on base at a 376 clip, slugged 367. At low A ball, he had 38 games there, 173 plate appearances, batted 226, 281 OBP, and a 340 slug game. At high A ball, uh, 41 games, 189 plate appearances, batted 366, a 428 OBP, and a 494 slug game. Uh, when he got promotion to Played just 143 games there, got 642 plate appearances, batted 271, 331 OBP, and a 3 And in his time at Indianapolis, he's played 130 games, 575 plate appearances, batting 290, a 335 OBP, and a 381 slug. So looking at his grand total of minor league numbers, he's had 375 games, uh, about 1,700 plate appearances. He's batting 285. 341 OBP, and a So in the two upper levels of the system, Newman has shown the high contact ability, uh, 271 and 290 average, with limited power, 366 and 381. At no level, he posted uh, higher than a 130 ISO. That's a way to measure raw power. And at the last two levels, with near 600 plate appearances, he's run sub-100 ISOs. So looking at his... Rates is another way to demonstrate the high contact ability, low strikeout rates coming with the bat to ball ability, right? So Newman, he doesn't strike out much. A positive sign for a player with not much power, and with his profile of putting the ball in play, the walk rate will be lower. The one thing is the BABIP, which normally shows if a player is a bit lucky or a bit unlucky when the defense can make a play. For a top hitter, you'd rather see some high bat-ups in the minor leagues as they drive the ball over and make consistent hard contact. Newman hasn't done that at AA or AAA, but that could also play a part power profile. Not consistent hard contact, but a consistent bat-to-ball player. So there's also the question on if he can remain at shortstop. He's put up 0.1 fielding runs above average. That's FRAA. Uh, and his time in Indianapolis has been a uh, negative 0.3. So in Altoona, he's 0.9 FRAA. So he's been about a league average fielder, <clears throat> according to the play-by-play down, matching up with the 50 defensive MLB pipeline gave him. So a high contact with the power at shortstop doesn't really bring excitement. One player that the Pirates can look at in hopes of who Newman becomes offensively is Matt Duffy, the Tampa Bay baseman. So Matt Duffy, he came over to the Rays from the San Francisco Giants for Matt Moore in 2016. Like Newman, his profile is out of a high contact, low power here. His grades in 2014 were a 55 and 30 power contact. So the player dream that Newman becomes is Duffy who has produced these slash lines in his career. So in 2014, he played 34 games, had 64 play appearances, batted 267, a 302 OBP, and a 300 slugging. In 2015, Duffy played 149 games, 612 play appearances, batted 295, 334 OBP, and a 428 slugging. 2016, played 91 games, 366 play appearances, batted 258, a 310 uh, average and a 357. And in 2018 so far, 
84 games, 357 plate appearances, 305, 359 OBP, and a 396 slugging. So his grand total in his career, he's played 358 games, has 1,400 plate appearances, he's batting 287, 333 OBP, and a 396 slugging. So 2015 Duffy, he finished second in the Rookie of the Year race as he hit near 300 power. <clears throat> Excuse me. Duffy was limited in 2016 with an Achilles injury, and he missed all 2017. Duffy possesses low strikeout rates and walk rates while having a higher than most batted. This season, Duffy has his highest strikeout rate of his limited career. But the league non-pitcher mark is 21.7%. The walk rate is also below average. League is an 8.7% rate. But that fits the profile of a high-contact player. They get the ball on the ball, bat on the ball, and don't get into deep counts and walk. I maintain high bat-ups and pitchers. Duff with a 55 hit in the minors is a good hitter who can sustain higher bat-ups, though 330 is career mark, is more reasonable going forward than the 360. So numbers are one thing. Their swings are off. So can dream for Kevin is a um he's less power than Mercer, but he has higher bat ball skills. And honestly, I could see him being a Matt Duffy type player. That's what I'm excited for him to be, and that's what I'm hoping for him to be. Right, so uh, that's pretty much going to wrap up our podcast for today. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I've had so much fun doing this. Love doing this on Saturdays. Uh, we'll be back again next Saturday. Hopefully, the Pirates will have made some pennant chase. Maybe Sunny Gray. That'd be nice to see. Um, yeah, and we'll see uh, if they can win this series against the Mets. Tough match with Degrom pitch tonight. We'll see. Make sure to give me a follow at Bucks Dugout on Instagram and our co-host Jared at Pirates.Strong. We'll see you all next Saturday. Have a fantastic week. And as always, let's go Bucks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.